Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to a very special episode from Tampa Bay, Florida. We're sitting here with the Rowdies captain, the former England international who hit that goal in 2006, and obviously a fan favorite of Sanford Bridge, Joe Cole. Welcome. Hey, guys. Good to see you. So, obviously, you know, we we just got done with the World Cup. We saw that you reposted again on on your Instagram. (laughs) So many people, even outside of of England know you for that goal. What yeah. a fantastic hit! Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, with us playing Sweden, it was like, you know, it was rehashed. A lot of people were talking about. It's funny, you know, you play. I played over seven hundred games for club and countries. I scored over a hundred goals, but realistically, most people will remember you for that moment. One one moment in a twenty year career, or and you know, it's, it's a great thing to have a moment like that and most players do get remembered if you say a player's name you'll flash back maybe one or two moments and that's it all the other so it's uh, yeah I've, um, it's nice it's nice my kids have liked watching it because they'd never seen it before so they was very impressed yeah. oh it's fantastic yeah. you know obviously plenty of moments we're going to get into yeah. about that later but you know first off here we are in the United States in Tampa 
you're with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Why the Rowdies? Why Tampa Bay? Why even uh, maybe the United States? Well, it's a good, good question. I mean, when I was sort of coming to the end in England and I wanted, um, I wanted an experience, you know, that, you know, I wanted to play, I wanted to play some good football. I wanted to live in a nice area. Um, and I wanted to be part of a project and it just sort of fell on, fell on my doorstep really like um, my agent rang me up and said Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, what, what do you think and I you know, done my research the guys here done a great job in selling the club to me we came out with a family for a week to look at it they, they, you know, they, asked, they, they asked me what I expected from me and it was just a, you come here once it's an amazing place and, and Lee who runs Lee Cohen, who runs the play, uh, club, and Bill Edwards, the owner. You know, they sold me the vision, and I've, I've loved every second of it. Great decision. So when you joined the club, you mentioned that you wanted to come here and, and not just take a vacation or a holiday, that you wanted to win matches. Yeah. Do you feel like you've been able to accomplish that goal so far? We've, we, we, we finished third last year, and we got to the semifinals of the playoffs. Which I think was just on the cusp of what what was acceptable for the standards we set ourselves um, going into the new league. I mean, naturally, I'm a competitor, so wherever whether I'm playing for England or Chelsea, the Rowdies, or or playing against my kids in the playground, I'm going to want to win. So, you know, and so that that was never a question. I mean, and I, I love to come over here for a real good relationship with, with the guys in the dressing room. And uh, yeah, I think we've been. I think I'd give us a since we've been out here as a team. I'd give us a six and a half out of ten. We're just we need we need to we need to really win a championship with the amount of um, the amount of uh, money that's been put in, the amount of time and effort from, and the people here deserve it. The fans have been great, and the, the people that run the club have been great. So really and truly, this year we need we need to get into that playoffs and be peaking come the end of this come the end of the season. What surprised you about the style of football played here, maybe than where you played uh, previously in your career? Uh, I was surprised with the standard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot, it's hard to gauge. People ask me back in England, what's, what's the USL compared to like maybe League One or League Two, and you're like, well, it's hard to gauge because you've got so many factors. You've got like the weather to contend with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, the players are so the players are a lot. A lot better than what I, I thought, you know, given credit for. It's very competitive, very athletic. But then again, you've got a lot of South American players uh, who come out here and play, middle American players, good, good with the ball technically. It's a hot, it's a good, and from the moment I come in to now, this week, the league is, is like chalk and cheese. It's, it's got so much better. MLS is growing at a massive rate in terms, I watched the Atlanta game Saturday night and it was incredible standard of football. Like, for me, it won't be long before the MLS team wins the um, the, champ- the, the Champions League of Concacaf. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's nearly happened, but some of these teams now in the MLS are, are really, really good, and it's translating to the USL. The, the standard is, is is very high. Like there's some good teams, some good players, and um, it's it's a good sign for American soccer. So, in addition to being club captain, you've yeah. taken on some coaching responsibilities. Yeah. Um, how are the badges going? You know, yeah. in terms of your development, and is you know, is coaching something that you want to do post kind of playing career? Yeah, coaching is uh, something I've always always wanted to do. Um, the, the badges, I'm sort of, I'm nearly through my A license, which is probably as Great. as much as you can get done while still playing. I'm doing it to like today, for instance. I took the team 
the lads who didn't play um, got it videoed and recorded and we send it back to my coach assessor and he'll tell me what I did wrong and what I did right and, and we'll go from there but um, it's something that I'm very passionate about I lo- I'm, I'm a football man I want to stay in the game and I want to give back to where, 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 where it leads me whether I'll be a number one or a number two or working in an academy I don't know I just know that it's, it's my passion so I love doing it I enjoyed today I loved it trying to you know trying to get the best trying to get the best out of players because at the end of the day coaching is just helping people helping players become better reach their potential exactly and that's something that I'm really it's, it's exciting you know I love playing number one and that's it's a close second do you take any inspiration from what Frank or Jody are doing yeah. uh, now at Derby yeah I worked obviously I went back in uh, and went to Cobham the last two years I've been here to keep fit so I've trained with a lot of these guys like your Mason Mounts and and these young players at Hudson Adoys and, and Jody too. Jo, Jody's a fantastic coach really impressive what he's doing there Joe Edwards is one mm-hmm. to look out for and there's many others in, in not just um, the club not just the, the first team and at the academy building is a real uh, centre of excellence a real place where you know high end demands and everything I, I love going in there and uh, lots of lots of great coaches in there and it's, I'm hopefully they're going to start getting pushed up into the first team and we, that the culture that culture starts coming continuing on with your career so rewinding back to your days at yeah. Chelsea which was was a fantastic time you came in in 2003 right yeah. as Abramovich had bought the club yeah I believe you were the sixth signing that summer you know from yeah. West Ham it's a big move for you as well because I believe you're an academy player there yeah so going to Stanford Bridge Champions League everything um you know, I guess to me, it's I, I, I'm just interested, like, what do you think around the on the pitch, the training ground, the locker room that really helped you guys go from on a high trajectory to skyrocketing to one of the top teams in Europe? Um, the main thing I think helped us was the, the people talk to the player. The quali- obviously, the quality of players that come into the building were better. But, and I think Claudia will say this as well, yeah. John Terry, William Gallus's, Frank Lampard, so all the lads were already there. Actually, rose to the full. To the full. We talk about competition for places, and I've talked to the guys about this before. So you know, Frank would have seen them bringing in who who would have come in at that time. Tiago, those people, people yeah. like you know, they come in and it, it pushes you on. Yeah, yeah, these guys, it pushes you on. You want to get better. You want to get better, and um, the competition places was incredible we were a massive squad I mean it was like 23 man squad which is pretty normal now but back then it was like you was doing well just to, just to get a place on the bench you know because the standard was like it was everyone was an international and um, it was just it was that was I think that was we pushed each other as players I think that was the main thing so knowing uh, it was not the results that any of us wanted um, is it possible to put into words what it was like to walk out on the pitch for a Champions League final um People ask me this, and you know, it was so it was a strange one, obviously, because you're playing against Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, your familiarity was there. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't exotic. It was just Man United. It was um, really just down to business. Like it was not. I don't remember being any more nervous than any of the other finals I played. Um, I think that comes from my generation. Was the last generation where 
the Champions League wasn't the be all and end all of things. You know, mm. I grew up and it was the FA Cup and the Premier League or the league. And then um, the Champions League just has grown into this monster that became so important. And obviously, by 2008, it was massive. We really wanted to win it. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's, it's so, it's for us, the first cup, we played the League Cup final against Liverpool, my first cup final for Chelsea. And I just jumped out at me that that was the most nervous mm-hmm. I've been. You, you, the build up was a bit more intense. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't. It was just nice. It was just another game for us. Yeah, another final. Thankfully, you'd played in enough finals at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys were yeah. able to kind of put away the fanfare and yeah. and all the extra stuff going around the match. Yeah. You know that probably we were taking in. Yeah, and especially with it being United. I yeah. mean, those Ferguson, Mourinho. You yeah. know, leading up to that, that rivalry. Right? Yeah, those, those clashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was really was a toss of a coin game. You know, I think if you, I think if you look back at the game of. Uh, it could have been anyone. It, mm-hmm. That's what went for the post. You know, that's yeah. what it was. And then it was written. It was Man United that day. And the same way in 2012, it was written. It was Chelsea's. So you know, who had to have been written that year. Yeah, of course. I mean, all the things that happened into it. You know, and I've, another thing is like people often say to me like, "Are you, um, you know, you, you just missed the one. You missed one that got away, sort of thing. The Champions League, and I played four semi-finals and the final and." Uh, and then Chelsea would have done it in 2012 and there was a little part of me that was like a little bit like I wish I was there myself and then there's the Chelsea fan side of me that was just happy you know for Chelsea but there's also that you know all, all the mistakes that we made lead up to that one moment when you're part of a club like we was part of Chelsea you know you're part of the the lineage of that one moment of hitting the top of the mountain which the club did all them mistakes that we made you know building 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 yeah. building and that group of players that went and done it, you know, you're proud of them for doing it. And you, you've got to take, you know, I, t- I take I take heart from the fact that I was part of the, the build-up the years before to that. It was great. Absolutely. So one thing I would ask is, you know, obviously we just watched the World Cup kind of yeah. come to completion. The Champions League is also this another monster of a competition. Yeah. Which one would you say or you think is harder to win? The World Cup. Because you might only get one or two cracks here, mm-hmm. three cracks here. And like you said we talk about the differences the marginal gains in football nowadays you know let's look at the England game for instance Harry Kane misses, scores that chance and we go 2-0 against Croatia mm-hmm. we're in the final I can't see them coming back from that so you know I've been knocked out of World Cups on penalties uh, got free goals um, sending offs you know, these little incidents that twist, twist and turn games so the World Cup's definitely harder to win. The yeah. Lampard no goal. Yeah, yeah. I, I played in that game. You know, it was yeah. just uh, incredible. You know, that, you fast forward four years and you got VAR. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. We go two two against Germany. We may go on and win that tournament. You just don't know. So these things. How did you feel that that VAR affected this World Cup? Did you enjoy its implementation? I think it brought a bit of drama to it. You know, it was different. <laughs> that's for sure. I think they've got to they've got to knuckle it down to like. Is the ball in play or out play, or are offsides on or off? Things that are just clear. Mm-hmm. You go to be a. There was, there was a couple of penalties in particular where it was a bit like even on the video. You thinking, yeah, is it? Your mate thinks it is. The ref thinks it isn't. They obviously that team thinks it's not. So it needs to be clear. It needs to be offsides. Pretty clear. You can stop the video and two you can seconds. see two seconds. Now yeah, it's done. now it's done. 
And in, with penalties and that, you just got to leave it down to the referee's discretion because it's been proven that there's no way of um, it being clear cut. Penalties are not clear cut. And when you slow motion things down, they look different. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I've, I've played in games where I thought I've been fouled there, and I've got home at telly and telly. Well, maybe I did dive, but I, I remember. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just Definitely. and it, and then you slow it down, different. and there'll be a little like when you're running at pace. Say for instance, Mbappe's running at 25 miles an hour wherever he runs at, and someone just touches him like that. It might look innocuous in slow motion, but it's enough for him to send him tumbling. You know, it's just yeah. people, people, people don't take into consideration the, 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 the slow motions, how they can affect your perception of what actually happened. Yeah. Total, totally about that. Makes, yeah. yeah. I, the drama, though. Yeah, the drama. Bet, bet, right. bet FIFA loved that, too. FIFA loved it, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the top goal yeah. scorer in the tournament. Yeah. 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 Bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to take you back to Chelsea. So, you know, as you know, a lot of Americans kind of, yeah. uh, with the advent of, like, Fox Sports back in the day, yeah. we, we kind of picked up on Chelsea yeah. early, mid-2000s. So there's a lot of reverence for that. Yeah. Your, your era at Chelsea. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of big personalities, a ton of yeah. trophies. Yeah. Are there any pivotal moments that you look back to where you're like, yeah, that was that was one of those stepping stones. We took the next step. Or um, or were there any moments in the locker room where you guys kind of gelled together? I think <clears throat> there's one moment in particular in 2003. The first year we was there under Ranieri when we beat Arsenal in the, in the Champions League and Bridgie scored. Um that Arsenal team was a fantastic team and we was really up against it to get a result against them and we played so well that night we were the better side and um, and when he scored that goal you felt like oh, we're a team now yep. anything's possible you know we've beaten this Arsenal team that's been lauded as the, one of the all time greats they don't lose a game in the whole season and we beat them and that night we beat them well and sort of it was a turning they were like that and we were going like that and we finished second that year and we got to the semi-final of the Champions League but I think that was a big moment in the club um, that alongside the moment Jose walked in the door two months later that was massive massive moment for the club continuing in uh, you know as he talks about pivotal moments I, I'm all about the trophy celebrations you yeah. know you've had three FA Cups two League Cups Champions League final the Premier League three times yeah. as far as celebrations along the line we're, we're getting now an insight that we haven't had before with the cell phones and, yeah. and seeing the guys in the locker room celebrating yeah. but for, for you when you look at your career what was your favorite celebration and kind of the atmosphere around it um I think the first every, your first one's always special so the last like said the League Cup against Liverpool such a dramatic game I mean it was it's seen as a lesser trophy out of the ones you've won but it's special because it's the first the first trophy and it was against the big rivals and it was like just an amazing game and uh, we thought we were we, it was in Cardiff as well so like the bus ride home we were just sinking a few beers nothing crazy you know it was just you know, it was all my. It was just a, a lovely feeling of satisfaction and accomplishment, and uh, we went for a nice. We went to, on the King's Road for an, an Italian. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember the name of the restaurant now, but it was a lovely Italian. We had a lovely meal, uh, met the families there, and just that was it. And we, it's sort of all the celebrations sort of ended up on the on on the King's Road in some restaurant or bar somewhere. And what a lovely place to celebrate! It's the beautiful part of London. And um, yeah, I mean, I, my family all from London, so 
our gate crashed, but a few, <laughs> a few <laughs> tickets were given out for the parties, and it was just you know going through the night. And it's just a great feeling of of accomplishment, yeah. Yeah, because I mean the League Cup—that's the first trophy of the season. Yeah, because it's not the end of the season where you guys yeah. can you know you know celebrate with the oversized Barclays bottle of champagne. Oh, we did, still, we did, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, good. yeah no, it's good to hear. You know, like the first one is a special one because yeah. as you know, we've gotten to interview more players, and that yeah. seems to be the recurring theme because yeah. that's where it, it all starts. Yeah, and, and it, it, I'm I'm guessing that that breeds so much extra desire of like, yeah. I need more. Yeah. Like, need the medals, need yeah. the trophies, like, keep them coming. Yeah, it's confidence, confidence. You know, you feel like you can do it. And that was what it was. We was not, from that moment, we might, they might as well give us the league title from that moment in February because there was no way we were not going to win the league yeah. without behind us. I, think we, I don't know the results statistically, but I wouldn't imagine we'd have lost many games until we won it in... in Late April, early May. So, yeah. Yeah. so it's 2000, 2000, uh, 2005, 2006 season. Yeah. You're playing against Manchester United. Yeah. You perform a moment of magic to yeah. uh, lose Ferdinand and Vidic and go ahead and score a goal, yeah. which I think, you know, you talk about the Sweden goal. I think that's one of my favorite goals yeah. I think that I've ever seen you score. Yeah. Walk us through that one. Yeah, it was like I said, like, being a Chelsea fan as a kid. Um, to win the, the league title against Manchester United on a beautiful summer's day like that and to score a goal like that and again it's, that's what Chelsea fans remember mm-hmm. by like I said like, over over 200 nearly 250 games or nearly 300 games of Chelsea and mm-hmm. moments like that are just what it's all about and I said I had lots of lots of family in the crowd that day and it's just a special day um, that was just me playing that was just park football, really. Mm-hmm. It was just you trying to find a bit of space against the two, three defenders around you and wriggle out. And then when he hit the back of the net, that was when we knew the, the title party started. Mm-hmm. So real special moment for, for me. And the, and the club is this historic one for the club. So I'm glad, I'm so happy to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I was a goalkeeper. So, right. like, being on the other end, mm-hmm. seeing you break the line, essentially. Yeah. And then having to try to cut down as much space, but knowing, I mean, yeah. look. You're one-on-one, yeah. 10 yards out, yeah. just able to just smash home. And you're sitting there. Like, once you break that line, you probably were a bit surprised that all yeah. of a sudden I went from three people around me to none. Yeah, yeah. And to have the composure, like, yeah, we were watching highlights again. And, you know, the football club, Chelsea, put out your top 10 goals for the right, club okay. a few months ago. Okay. You know, that's cool. right up there, too, you know. As yeah, that's, as, the, that's the number one. For me. That's my best one, yeah. Oh, where would you rate that in your goal celebration? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, funny one because when it, when you scored down the sh- down that end, I always for some reason I, I don't know it was not planned, but I always run there. I could score in that end and I run to that corner, and I don't know why. I didn't know anyone in that corner. Just <laughs> sort of got sucked into that corner there. Celebrate! I think that's where the subs are. The subs warm up oh, there. Yeah. yeah. So you know, yeah. you, you got, I think naturally you sort of inclined to you run there, so everyone's together. Yeah, it was a, that's that corner there. That corner and the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe I turn right easier. I don't know, but <laughs> that's that's where I run. It's fantastic. From a from a mental standpoint, how hard is it to get the team after, after you win it the first time, and you have the sense of you know probably relief and exhilaration at the same yeah. time? How hard is it to get that back for the next season and do it back to back? It's tough. It's tough because it's not tough because of anything you do. It's tough because of the teams around you. They improve. You know what I mean? It's go again and go again and go again. It's why Alex Ferguson at Man United for the 
the 90s and the 2000s, you've got to take your out of tune because the constant, the constant, although I would say, no, not taking anything off them, but the pro- the competition wasn't there then. Like there was maybe one or two teams that could win it. Now look at the Premier League, there's six or seven teams. It's, it's tough for these guys to win a league now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, the motivation. You first day of pre-season, you just look in the mirror and go, am I ready to, because it's, it, it's got hurt. To win a title, it's got hurt. There's, 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 there'll be, you'll be in, there'll be injury, there'll be a lot of pain. You know, you'll have to go through the pain on the pitch. Um, you know, there'll be dark moments, good moments. There's a whole roller coaster, there's 10 months. Mm. So you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I prepared to, to do it all again? And, you know, and the, the good players continue to do it. Follow up question. Yeah. Uh, a little more fun. So we've seen Frank Lampard put out his, like, you know, Chelsea five aside. Right. If you could have picked any yeah. any players in his five aside. Yeah. Who, who would be on yours? In goal, it would obviously be Big Pete. Yep. I mean, that goes without saying. He's the only goalie I've played with. Apart from Carlo, who's very good as well, mm-hmm. by the way. And he would actually be a very good five aside goalkeeper. He's nippy. But Pete, fantastic goalkeeper. JT. You can't have a Chelsea team without him in it. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, he's a fantastic defender. Although, any of the, the Fed centre-halves, Galas, Cavalio, uh, Ivanovic, you know, these guys, Desai, played with wonderful players and could have been them. I think the, the, the backbone of my team was Frank and Makaleli in midfield. Perfect balance with them two. Um, and, and Didier up front. I mean that's that'd be pretty. I think that's I think you look at that's your spine of that's the spine of the, the, the team. That was the spine of the team, the great teams. And it's hard to say because it's a, any number of make thirty, forty players that could have made it. I just think you'd have to pick all four of them for the, for the longevity of what they've done at Chelsea. That has to be the hardest question yeah. for you guys, yeah. right? It's like, hey, out of all the amazing world-class players you played with, yeah. you, you know, who are you going to choose? <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, obviously as American fans that didn't get to know Chelsea, mm-hmm. you know, until around the time Rome bought the club because of TV rights. Yeah. I mean, we come in being like, well, this is amazing. Like, yeah. This is, what, what a ride this is. So yeah, we weren't always like that, believe me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Now that we've been doing this, start yeah. to meet our friends, you know, been going since the 70s and, yeah. and 80s. And, yeah. and we start to roll back our kind of understanding of the club yeah. too. So it's, it's, it's be interesting for you to, you guys to, when, you, when you see Chelsea from 2003 and you go backwards mm-hmm. it's like when you find a great band and then you, you're there three or four albums in and then you, you, you take their, their old stuff I mean it, the 80s might not be as good but yeah. it was fun yeah. <laughs> trust me it was fun if you like if you like to uh, pint a lager and a, a little bit of um well, we won't say yeah. anything <laughs> <laughs> you know. the 80s was the 80s and yeah. in the 90s it, it was a great era as well that's when I was my main batch of supporting the club was in the 90s mm-hmm. because uh, I went to all the, the two FA Cup finals in the 90s and when the Italians came in and it become like fun again to be yeah. a Chelsea fan. So. But before you started playing for the club, what's the most memorable match that you went to as a supporter? The most memorable match for the wrong reasons was the, the 94 FA Cup final against Man United where we lost 4-0. I, I, went, um, I went to Battersea... Um, my dad had two tickets for me mm-hmm. and he wasn't a big soccer fan. So he gave it to a friend of his who worked down the, the markets in um, in Battersea. So we went to Battersea. Never met this guy before. Um, my dad went, yeah, you go into the match with him. So I went in and we went on a big coach of all Chelsea fans. And my heart was set. You talk about like as a fan, 
you the fan for all week had little kiosks everything I could read about the game and um, went there on a coach and I can re- remember the two penalties conceded and just being heartbroken and uh, yeah and the referee David Ellery to give the penalties away I could never forgive him and the play he played against us years later he, um, he, he reffed us and it was just looking at me you broke my heart for them two penalties <laughs> <laughs> it's a long-standing grudge. Yes, it is long-standing, and we we. I'm sure if I see him again, I'll still have the same emotions up come up that deep, deep distaste for his bad penalty decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Today, the boys, you know, they've got FIFA, they've got Fortnite, they've got the yeah. video games in the locker yeah. room. You know, for the banter and, and the camaraderie. Uh, like, what was it for you guys? Was it you know usually it's the pool tables and ping pong kind of. Yeah. What did cards. you guys do around? We did play a bit of FIFA early on. Um, for we had a little spell of FIFA. Card schools were very popular. Okay. Um, which was bad because it was money changing hands, <laughs> you know, which ain't it's never good. Um only a pound, right? Small. Yeah, yeah, small, <laughs> small fry, yeah. Card schools weren't great. That was mainly for like it wasn't popular at Chelsea, maybe the card schools. My my earlier days at West Ham it was a bit more and England trips because they were long. Mm-hmm. So you you you're trying to find things. But um FIFA was popular, yeah. obviously. You know, I haven't played it. I've got three kids now, so I've not played it for about ten years. But I'm sure my boys one day they'll they'll want a game. I dust off the old pad. And, <laughs> yeah. So when it came to uh, cards, who was how, did you win often, or were you? I'm a terrible cards player. I swear <laughs> cards here. Poker player. I'm the worst poker player ever. I'm not even gonna lie. You don't have the. You don't have nah, the book, I just light up like a book when I go hand. It's terrible. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. yeah. So, so who was terrible? Take, who was taking everybody's money? Um. I think I think John and Frank were pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. pretty good at most things, aren't they? Them too. So. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> they're fine. Yeah. yeah. So when it came down, you know, we obviously take the game in through matches, and we see one side of players, but there's yeah. a side of players when they train. Who would you say maybe we didn't always see it on the pitch when it came to the match, but you know, had these moments of magic in training that maybe we weren't, per, you know, purview to or previous. Um. One player I think was very unlucky at Chelsea was Lasana Diara. Mm. He he played a handful of games, and I think he's pretty much he's, the course of his career has been that he's been sort of twenty thirty games here, fifteen twenty games there. Which you know he's he's bounced. Around. He's such a talented player. He's bounced around all the top clubs because you can see he used to do things in training. It was incredible. Couldn't get the ball off him. Uh, great pass through the ball. Um, I'm surprised he's not gone on to become one of. The, Recognised one one of the best midfielders in the world, but he just something something didn't didn't work for him. For him. Great lad as well, great kid. Nothing wrong with him. Really lad, nice lad, and he's still playing for a top club now. I think he's back in France playing somewhere. So he was incredible in training. Hmm. So kind of wrap up this section. If you if you had to pick out, you know, maybe from a Manchester United or or a big rival, sort of like a midfielder or a defender that you particularly enjoyed going up against um, or that you got the better of more often than I used to like I wouldn't say a player but I used to love beating Tottenham because my my, my uh, you know, I've got a lot of family at Tottenham supporters a lot of friends at Tottenham supporters so it was always sweet beating Tottenham the rivalries sort of followed me through the whole of my career you know it's always been one that was a rival so it's always sweet beating them send a couple texts after Did you <laughs> yeah. enjoy that yeah, yeah. <laughs> how was that goal yeah that was nice yeah. <laughs> well and you know, so you had the kind of the proposal to either join Tottenham or Liverpool, yeah, yeah. even Chelsea. Did you yeah. feel pressure from your family to 
sign for Tottenham. The, lo- the, logical, the logical thing would have been to join Tottenham because Chelsea had run its course. They was going in a different direction. That was clear. Um, my little my little girl was born and I, with hindsight, you know, maybe an, I had options abroad, but we didn't explore them because my little girl was born when they say in England. Tottenham was on my doorstep. Harry Redknapp was a manager I had a great relationship with. It would have been um, logical to stay in London. I'm a London lad, uh, but I just um, I just couldn't couldn't do it. You know, it was just something was just not not something that I could do. Just go and go and play for Tottenham wasn't just didn't feel right. It would have been wrong. So um, uh, it was Liverpool and then top clubs. You know, you know, I wanted to still compete. I wanted to play, and Liverpool was there, and it was just like. Liverpool's a good club. It was just, um, just wasn't the wrong wrong move, you know, the wrong move. In an ideal world, I'd have stayed at Chelsea for the rest of my career. But, you know, you're a, you're a, a stock and a share, effectively. And at the time, the club wanted to get buy a different stock, and they were selling mine. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was it, it was what it was. Even JT's Chelsea career came to end, you know, and that for all of us was probably like a big surprise, but absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and you've got quotes out there, very open and saying, I've always wanted to play as long as I possibly can. Yeah. And here you are still yeah. today playing yeah. and doing your thing. And like, you know, there's a lot of us that are fans that wish we could be in that situation. Yeah. At the end of the day, you'd be like, look, if I can keep playing, yeah. I'm about to do that. Yeah. And no, I think that's, that's, I actually feel great. Like I've had a, when I left Chelsea, I had a, I had a spells where I couldn't keep fit yep. and um, a lot of injuries. Didn't actually play a lot of games at certain clubs I went to. But um, since I've come out here, I've got the balance right. Um, know when to train, know my body better. And I, I'm, I'm, I feel great. I'm enjoying the football. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'll, I'll go on as long as, as long as I'm enjoying it. I think that's, that's important. You can't... You can't um, when you retire, it's gone, it's done. So... A little more sunshine here too than London, right? I think that helps the body definitely. Yeah, yeah. You're you more more opinion on what's going on currently, or like with particular players. You know? um, it's been a t- it's been a difficult time for the club, that's for sure. Um, I'm glad that they've decided to to do what they need to go, so the club can move forward. I don't know too much about Sari, only what I'm what I'm reading. I think particularly it's his brand of football, which is something that they wanted to bring in for the club. I think it's important. The biggest thing Chelsea can do this year is is keeping Eden Hazard, and I think if we do that, we'll be um, we'll be okay. I think he's now coming into that stage where he's he's in the top top three players in the world, and a big season from him next year, we could could win the title again. So obviously, it is impossible to really talk about Chelsea of today without talking about Eden Hazard. Yeah. I mean, absolute wonder. Yeah. You know, most people give a lot of credit to Didier for making that phone call, but I'm pretty sure someone spent quite a bit of time with him at Lille yeah. that season beforehand. Yeah. yeah, I don't don't like to take too much credit for that. But, um, <laughs> I didn't can't. get any money for it, that's for sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, he was a young player. People were asking me at Chelsea, obviously asking me about him, and I only said the truth. I think he's brilliant, great lad, unbelievable talent, and um, he at the time would have been talking, we... we Talked to he was talking the Manchester clubs and but everyone wanted him and I just I just said to him you know it's, it was the, it was a logical move for him he's a family lad London and Belgium are a train ride away the club would love him the fans would love him I knew it was the right time to go Jose would just come back I think and I feel he 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 took him on to that next stage and that took him on Eden does it whatever Eden choosing the game he does it himself he's a great player but helped him to get onto that next stage. 
And I feel like there's another stage for him to go on now. After everything else he's already achieved in the game, I think one day he'll be the crown of the best player in the world. He's coming off an amazing World Cup. Yeah. I mean, absolutely took on that leadership role with yeah. Belgium. You know, did more of the team kind of work, I felt yeah. like, this season. But um, anyways, uh, we're here to give you the credit. Like, Agent Cole, thank thanks. You. Agent <laughs> absolute, yeah. absolute work. I should have got something down in Ryan, shouldn't I? Yeah. Those yeah. agent fees today are yeah. pretty high. So oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I would like, would like a few of them fees, yeah. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure a nice Hazard Leal kit, you know, match one. Yeah. I'm sure you guys swap internally. That's <laughs> that hold well. Well, you, know, you, you kind of talk about him as being, you know, in the top three in the world right now. Is there a thought to what you think he needs to add to his game or maybe what's missing to kind of take him um, to the next I think, stratosphere? I think, first of all, you need to build a team around him. Mm-hmm. Chelsea needs to be a progressive team. Needs to be a team, right? Right, we can, we can, we've got good defenders. We're going to defend. We can, we'll concede some goals. We're, we're, we're good players. We'll defend. I think the team needs to be built around getting him on the ball. I think what he showed at the World Cup for Belgium was the leadership responsibility he took on. He's always been a team player. I don't know. Like, some players, number 10s, and people criticise him. Oh, he could score more goals. He wants the team to win first and foremost. You know, don't don't disregard that as like a, a, like not having the desire to be the next Messi or the next Cristiano Ronaldo. He understands football is a team game. He took Belgium as a tiny country and led them to nearly, you know, defending a corner kick better from maybe winning the World Cup. You know, and that's that's a massive achievement. And I think he can, he will have a big decision to make. But if he can be the the leader for Chelsea on the pitch and the team's built around him, Chelsea can win everything. Would you make him the captain this season? Um, I, I'd consider it. I mean, I would personally. I mean, there's other great leaders like um, you. Just how you just don't know how Sari's going to shape his defence. You know, it's usually a defender, isn't it? Traditionally, but um, after that World Cup, be certainly something I would consider if I was Sari. But personally, if I was a manager, yeah, I would, and I'd build the team around him. One of the things that you know you, you did mention that you haven't. Don't know a ton about Sari or kind of his, uh, you know, his football outside maybe the branding. Yeah. Do you feel like there's certain players that maybe now Chelsea's transitioned more attack-minded, yeah. uh, one-touch, yeah, quick-moving. W- w- William was underused last year, that's for sure. I think he's a fantastic player and he's one that had a good World Cup as well. He'd be in every t- every my Chelsea team. Pedro, I think you know he's another one I think could be used more. Um, I think having, you know, you've got Giroud or Morata in that pivot and then getting as many of your footballers on the pitch. Jorginho is a great passer of the ball. Sesk is as good a, uh, a playmaker in the league. Chelsea, got the players are there. He's, the recipe, it's just, it's the, the ingredients are there. It's just the recipe needs to be right. I think one of the big decisions will be to make Hazard as a, as a skipper. I think that would be a good, good move. So I know that you and Zola didn't play together. You yeah. know, you kind of were passing ships in the night. Yeah. He's back at the club, which yeah. I think is brilliant. Yeah. I think a lot of the fans are kind of recalling that nostalgia. Yeah. Is he a guy that you think could form a relationship with Hazard and maybe take his game even higher? He's certainly he's certainly helped him. Um, Zola is a, one of my heroes as a player and met him many times, played against him. And it would have been great to play with him. He he will he will help Eden, no doubt. Uh, he will help the whole team, though. I think, I think him in that role is a great move by the club. Very bright decision by the by the people upstairs. You know, it bring it will bring the fans, the players, and Sari all together. And once once you get that link going, then anything's possible. And he 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 he'll be a key figure in the club this year. 
obviously we've talked about the biggest talent the club being Eden Hazard. Yeah. But I mean, the amount of miles you ran in a game and the effort was was what probably a huge reason why fans loved, you know, yeah. the maximum effort. Who impresses you for kind of like doing that that work in Chelsea's team today? Uh, Kante is obviously the standout one. I think that the under I think the fans appreciate him, but as as Bequet, for me is the the best defender in the league. I think he's uh, fantastic. It'd be one of them players in five years' times people will look back and admire him even more. It'd be one of them like any good defender. You, you miss them when they're not there. More, you know, because they just do their job and get on with it. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. Absolute fan favorite. Yeah. I mean, we actually got to meet him a couple of years ago in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, but the most humble. Yeah. And then you hear about the stories. He hates losing. They're like, yeah. if anyone like fire, you know, yeah, like games in the in, in you know in the lounge, yeah. like small sided games and training, like. He's the worst to play against because win yeah. at all costs. Yeah. Oh, no, he's great. Great player. I just really. couldn't imagine him having a poker face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He beat me then. That's for sure. He still beat me at poker. You mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, in your kind of going back to Cobham and keeping your mm. fitness pretty high, that you've had a chance to, you know, lace up next to some of the youngsters yeah. that are pretty highly touted. Um, Mason Mount. Yeah. Cal Hudson-Odoi. You know, are there any that you've tipped... You know, whether them, Ma- them or... Yeah, Mason Mount's the one for me. Okay. Mason Mount will be a massive player for Chelsea, a massive player. I don't want to put any more pressure on him, do you know what I mean? But I, I don't not want to say what I think. I think he's a fantastic player. Just excited. Excited for him. Excited for what he can bring to the club. And uh, he's his top player. Frank will take care of him. But he's, again, it's, just, it's, it's perfect. You know, Frank being there with a connection with the club. Um, he's... He, Perfect for for everyone, all, all accounts. And Mason will have a great season. And I think it's massive for England as well. Anyone else that we maybe haven't talked about or you've had a chance to see on the training ground that you're has caught your eye? Um, I think the, the guys you, you you obviously know about Hudson, Adoy, Rhys James, mm-hmm. he's a very good right back, really impressed me. And he's one that's sort of, if you ask him one that's coming coming up, he's just improving every day and very hard. He's another one, but they're all great players. I don't, I've named names there, but it just, all them lads, when I trained with them, I was massively impressed. Really, really good players. And we think, like, coming from, you know, kind of a youth setup into the first yeah. team, you know, that transition's been harder at Chelsea than maybe yeah. some other clubs, right? And, and, you know, I guess, would you have any advice, you know, to the collective? Not, uh, not to a to the collective, person? I'll just say, once you step out on that pitch, it doesn't matter. No, you know, the name on the back don't matter whether you've played one game or a thousand games, you're on there to compete and just don't be overawed, especially in training, compete and stand up and be strong and go and get the ball. That is the literally the only the only advice. It's easier said than done, but um, if, if these lads can do that, then they'll be fine. Is there any player on the current team today that you wish you could have played alongside with during your time Chelsea? Um, I would, obviously, I played with Hazard at Lille, but I'd, I'd love to have pulled the, the Chelsea shirt up. On with him and uh, played with him. One of one of the funnest players to play with in your in my career. And just pleased he's pleased he's at Chelsea. Do you ever get caught just watching from the other side, being like, "Wow, oh, I should get going." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's been pretty much the moments. Yeah, I think he made pretty much every one of my goals at Lille. I scored nine goals, and I'm pretty sure he probably assisted at least eight of them. But yeah. he was amazing, amazing player. So one thing I've completely forgot, but has come back to me. 
So I love doing the the Stanford Bridge tours, and you wow. get to see where all the the lads are sitting. Yeah. So who'd you sit next to, and what kind of like shenanigans or partnerships did you guys have? Did you guys pull out of pranks in that locker room? Um, not nothing for a family podcast, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I sat next to Frank there, and John was there. Ashley, like the these are like the English corner at Stanford Bridge. That's a pretty much horrific, you know, making making a snowman and putting it in people's cars <laughs> and waiting for it to melt, things like that. You know, uh, pushing people through double doors, corridors, on chopping trolleys and wheelie bins <laughs> as fast as you can. Shouldn't really be saying this. I'm trying to be coaching management material and how these kind of you learn from and that's the experiences. Experience. Yeah, and that's a. Uh, and that's probably Don't as clean. That's as, that's as probably as safe and as clean of the things that we've we, we've done. But um, yeah, we had a great camaraderie, like I said. Yeah, that's There's awesome. Nothing better, nothing better, no better job in the world than being a football player. Yeah. Um, so I'm blessed, yeah. very lucky. It's a great family environment, but uh, yeah. obviously, Joe, we are so like just like thank you for the time. No, thank like you said, very much. we are so excited to be able to come and sit down and, and just kind of re- reflect on a lot of. Yeah. The things you've done but you know we're, we're still really excited with the things you're still doing Thank like you. you know you are not done and and how you us as americans you know we are very pr- proud of you know what's going on here as well yeah. and for you to kind of realize the potential and want to be a part of that yeah um just as american fans like thank you for coming over right. and, and you privilege. know yeah. absolutely no, adding you. your quality to, to to soccer over here so thank you no thank you very much i've enjoyed it absolutely um, enjoyed the chat and like i said Another prediction, I, I think America will be a big threat next World Cup. Not the next one, the one after that. I think you'll have, you'll have a good team. There's th- good things happening here. Mm-hmm. As long as the fans keep coming out, keep supporting it, the kids keep playing, mm-hmm. anything can happen. Anything's possible. America will be a, a powerhouse in the game, I'm sure. Fantastic. Well, everyone, Cheers. get your Rowdies jerseys. Yeah, come on. Follow Joe on social media if you yeah. aren't, and the Rowdies. Come to a game in Tampa or if they visit you locally. But again, Joe... Thank you so much, man. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks for listening, Chelsea fans. If you want to connect with us, head over to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and send us a message. We'll be back next time. Up the Chelsea.